Thanks for joining us here at AG Kolkata. We are the church for the open arms and we serve in the city of joy, Kolkata. It is our desire to reach out to those in need and to be instruments of effective change in a hurting world. If you like to learn more about us, you can simply go to www.agkolkata.org. We hope that you'll enjoy today's message. morning um, there was a great boat race between a team of the wise and a team of the foolish guess what happened the wise people won by a mile so the foolish people were really troubled and they hired an expert to figure out what really went wrong the expert did his share of research and then reported back to the chief of the team of the foolish and told them that the wise people had one person steering and eight people rowing while the foolish had eight people steering and one person rowing ah said the chief of the foolish people that is the problem as if they actually figured out a way to defeat the wise so they ordered for a rematch and when this rematch happened guess what happened the wise won by 2 miles this time why you're wondering well because after the first consultation after the first loss the team of the foolish immediately reconstructed their team now they had one senior manager seven management consultants and one roar after the second loss they got even more troubled so they had further intensive consultations and guess what happened the foolish people fired their roar they, they thought he was the problem you might as well can guess what happened in the next race marcel proust he said the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes but in having new eyes it has been said that we do not see things as they are we see things as we are and our sight and perception is hugely dependent on one common denominator wisdom wisdom is very very important let's take for example you are standing on a street and in front of you shows up a huge king cobra it's big it's black it's not really happy to see you because it's got its fan up and it's hissing you see information will tell you that's a snake knowledge will tell you it's venomous its scientific name is ophiphagus hana it would probably weigh 5 kgs or more from head to tail it would be about 6 feet long and it would also tell you that the position that it's in is probably not a good one and is going to strike you but wisdom will tell you to run in the opposite direction for safety someone beautifully explained it like this information is having a library of books on shipbuilding knowledge is applying that information to the process of building a ship but once you've built your ship wisdom 
is what allows you to sail the ship without sinking it. Wisdom is very, very important. You know, we live in an era of information explosion. Knowledge in exuberance is available at our fingertips. Why these days, even at the sound of our voice, thousands of pages worth of data on any given topic at any given point of time can be extracted just at the click of a couple of buttons. The world is drowning in knowledge. Our generation suffers from something called information overload. And when you put information and obesity together, uh, they go on to say information overload is also known as infobesity or infoxication. There's so much of knowledge around us. But isn't it funny, isn't it ironical that even though there is an abundance of knowledge and information, we still are facing a scarcity of wisdom. It's strange as though someone were dying of thirst in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Our times are marked by struggle at the pangs of scarcity of wisdom. We hear of suicides at college campuses and universities in the midst of all the possible knowledge and information one could gather. We hear of these suicides every second week. This last week, the news reported a man who stabbed his 16-month-year-old son. And guess what he shouted before he stabbed him? He, sh he shouted, Jesus is coming soon. And, and this is how ridiculous, uh, you know, things are getting in, in this era of information explosion, but scarcity of wisdom. On the other hand, technology is advancing, right? And we think we are using technology, you know, uh, when you log in, to your WhatsApp account or if you create, if you're creating a WhatsApp account for the first time, one of the basic status messages that you'll be prompted to put up will be, hi there, I'm using WhatsApp. And so I don't know which genius turned it around and their status message read, hi there, WhatsApp is using me. Okay. And we are in a era where there is information overload, but yet for all the scarcity of wisdom. It was a cultural critic who said, we live in a world awash with information, but we seem to face a growing scarcity of wisdom. And what's worse, we confuse the two. And this morning, I want to suggest to you that it's good to live with information and knowledge, but it's better to live with wisdom alongside. Alfred Tennyson said, knowledge comes, but wisdom lingers. And dear believers in Christ, we need to understand that we need that lingering wisdom if we want to make a difference in the world around us. The scarcity of wisdom may be a problem, but for you and for me, because uh, as we continually love the word, learn the word and live the word, we realize that the Bible is a treasury of wealth when it comes to wisdom. We realize the wealth of God's wisdom the word and for those of us who are thirsty for wisdom may i assure you there's no better place than the bible it's a vast treasury of wisdom in fact there's an entire portion of the old testament dedicated to wisdom literature and if this entire section of wisdom lit literature was a cake the book of proverbs is a major slice in it 
It's precise, yet it's elaborate. And what I like most about Proverbs is that it is simple and straightforward. Simple to understand, difficult to follow. The central theme of the book, uh, you know, of Proverbs is to understand it uh, better. Yeah, and, and, and wisdom is the theme that keeps running through the entire book. And, and it starts off by, uh, by introducing the book as someone who we know as, as a genius in, in, in the field of wisdom, who asked God for wisdom and God blessed him abundantly. Uh, it contains proverbs written by Solomon. And so there is an assurance of wealth right here in the word. And I don't know about you, but I can definitely do with a little bit of wisdom for my daily living. And I believe this morning God wants to empower us with wisdom. Amen. God wants to empower us. He wants to empower his children with wisdom. He has, he has given us the ability to, to be able to be wise. And you know, many think it's a talent and a skill, but no, no, dear friends. It's something that is embedded in, in us the minute we accept Jesus uh, and we have that treasury of wealth. We have access to it. And even as we continue to read and, and focus this morning, uh, Proverbs chapter 1 verses 2 to 6 reads, It is written down so we'll know how to live well and write. To understand what life means and where it's going. It's a manual for living, for learning what's right and just fair to teach the inexperience the ropes. And give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women. Still a thing or two for the experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes of reason of the wise men and women. And so the book of Proverbs um, is, is a very, very practical affair. The primary purpose of the book is to teach wisdom. It's for, for the readers to get understanding and knowledge. And so as I read the first six verses, I was all set to dash straight into getting wisdom and to start living by it. It's that easy, right? Not at all. You know, even as you finish reading the first six verses, you stumble on the seventh one because uh, that is what I call the fear factor. Okay, and I'm not talking about the show that was hosted on MTV uh, for Daredevils, but it's definitely worth the effort. And I call it the fear factor this morning for many reasons. And this is what it says. I'm talking about verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The message version states it this way. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. And we know there are different kinds of fears that we could think about. But in the book of Proverbs, the fear that is referred to in verse 7 is a reverential fear. It's one of respect. And it's one that we give to God. It's, it's respect that we give to God, not just through our words, but through our lives. The key for gaining knowledge, understanding, and wisdom 
is the fear factor. You see, uh, in order to understand uh, what the fear of the Lord could possibly mean, we have to go back a little, rewind a little. And when we, when, when we look at Genesis chapter 20 verse 11, it's the story of when Abraham uh, had shifted to the Negev and it was over there that King Abimelech uh, saw Abraham's wife and he was going to take her as his wife. And then the Lord appeared to King Abimelech in a dream and told him that it's Abraham's wife. And, and what Abraham says in Genesis chapter 20 verse 11 is, There is surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me. You know what's ironical? Abraham admitted that the reason he lied about Sarah was because he thought that they would kill him. The irony of the story is that Abraham was the only one who showed that he didn't fear God. Abraham messed up because he didn't fear God. On the other hand, when we read Genesis chapter 22, the portion in which uh, Abraham is told by the Lord to go to the region of Moriah to offer up his one and only son as a sacrifice. And he gets to that place after a tiring uh, walk uphill, which was treacherous, not just physically, but also emotionally for him and even for Isaac, I guess. But even as he is in the position where he's going to sacrifice, um, the angel of the Lord says, Genesis chapter 22, verse 12, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you withheld, uh, you, you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. You see, God reaffirmed his everlasting covenant right there with Abraham because Abraham feared him. Abraham honored God and he feared him and God honored his faith. These are just two instances. But when you read right through the the Bible, when we read Genesis chapter 42 verse 18, Joseph wins his brother's trust when he declares that he is a God-fearing man. Exodus 9 verses 29 to 31 says, Pharaoh brought disaster on his nation because he did not fear God. We see uh, different examples. Even the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7 1, to work towards complete holiness. Because we fear God. And when we look at the fear factor, there are a couple of things that the fear factor does. The fear of the Lord is the first step in helping us to obtain wisdom and knowing God. Chapter 2 verse 5 says that you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord turns one according to the book of Proverbs from death to life, from God's wrath to his life that he offers. Chapter 14 verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Following that, the fear of the Lord causes one to avoid evil and to pursue that which is right. Chapter 14 verse 2 says, He who walks in his upright, uprightness fears the Lord. But he who is crooked in his ways despises him. The fear of the Lord is also to respect him, but also to trust him. The, the, the book of Proverbs in chapter 3 verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. 
fear the Lord, turn away from evil. In chapter 14 verse 26 says, In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence and his children will have refuge. It teaches us how to trust the Lord. And so after going through this reference of scripture in understanding what the fear of the Lord means, we learn that this respect and reverence is to be set as a priority. You know, as we read in the, in the original text, the beginning that is referred to in chapter 1 verse 7 does not point to the portion of knowledge that comes along with it, but instead it belongs with the fear of the Lord, which means we cannot obtain knowledge apart from God. Instead, this implies that knowledge is out of place apart from the fear of God. And, and in the book of Proverbs, we can see the wisest of the wise confess by this verse in their search for freedom that wisdom doesn't exist by itself. It begins by recognizing who God really is. This morning, dear friends, I want to ask us, do we recognize who God is? Do we recognize this fear factor in our lives? Where in our lives can we put our fingers and trace instances where we have allowed the fear of the Lord to guide us? Or really have we become so pally in our walk with Jesus that we have diluted any reverence that we are due to give him? It's a question that we must ponder upon. And we need to continuously remind ourselves that scripture tells us that the earth is still God's footstool. We are still his creation. He holds the universe in orbit and we dare not demean him by taking his love, his grace, his mercy and his friendship for granted. The fear of the Lord, what does it mean to you and me? This morning, does it have any significance or is it just a lovely memory verse that we like to quote? Does it have any application to our lives? You know, there's a story told of a little girl by the name of Shriya who would stand with her grandpa and look up at the skies as the sun would set. She would observe the aeroplanes that would fly overhead. And, and even as she was gazing up in the sky, she would place her little fingers to measure the size of the aeroplanes. And with her tiny little breath, she would say, how tiny, how small. And so happened that one day she was to travel along with her grandfather and Shriya found herself at the airport. And even as she stood there, she gazed down the runway. And you can might as well um, Imagine the astonishment on her face as she saw the Airbuses taxiing the runway to and fro. And in her great amazement, she exclaimed, how awesome, how big. And you know, that's, that's what happens when you begin to realize how great our God is. It automatically changes the way you look at things. It changes the way you look at lives. He is no longer someone who is limited to a place or is limited to a size. He is someone who the universe even can't comprehend. He is huger, but yet for all, 
that amazing mystery that he chooses to come and stay with us that he chooses to come and offer that friendship to us and call us co-heirs of the kingdom may we never ever take god for granted true wisdom is recognizing who god really is you know once we have this fear fear factor in place once we have the foundation uh, the book of proverbs then is is like a key it's it's a pandora's box of wisdom and and even as we read through it i'm sure we will not have enough time if we go through it but it's it's divided into four sections chapters 1 to 9 give you a introduction into the book of proverbs and and it's beautifully placed as the as 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 those who penned it down they they comprise um 10 speeches of a father talking to his son and four poems written by wisdom personified as a lady then from chapters 10 to 29 you have the ancient proverbs which are proverbs of solomon and they cover every every area of life and you know one thing i really like about the proverbs the other uh, yesterday i was at a meeting and someone uh, said the opposite of sacred is not secular the opposite of sacred is sacrilege and even as even as i thought about that you know proverbs breaks that barrier that superficial barrier of the sacred and the secular because even as you read from chapters 10 to 29 what it essentially does is it gives you wisdom of how you are to work in your workplace how you are to be uh, how you are to ha- have integrity as a standing virtue in your workplace how you are to maintain integrity in your relationships how you are to maintain integrity in the in in, in your relationship with people around you and even with god and then finally chapter 30 is the sayings of someone who is uh, placed as a model uh, of how the book of proverbs is to be read so it's called the sayings of agur and then lastly you have the sayings of of king lemuel and it's a beautiful way in which it's arranged but you know all that i just said would probably be information for many of us but this morning wisdom calls us to bring that closer home and you know even as i was preparing for this I was wondering god this vast expanse of wisdom how could i relate to it how could it make sense to me and god beautifully began to just reveal his heart and you know one thing about the word of god that is so relevant every time we read it god's word is living wherever we go whatever we do it speaks to us because the primary purpose of whichever book it is in the bible it's to reveal who god is and so the wisdom literature in the pro- in the book of proverbs proverbs reveals the fear factor reveals who god is it reveals the very nature of god it reveals god as a creator who proved the value and the power of wisdom by using it in the process of creating the entire world and creating you and me needless to say scientists are still discovering the vast expanse of the universe beyond none can fathom 
the thoughts and the ways and in the creation of god and proverbs goes on to beautifully describe that chapter 16 verse 4 in the nature of god embedded right there the reason why we have wisdom literature and the reason why we have the ability to be wise is because god himself is wisdom and proverbs leave no uh, stone unturned in showing god as someone who's wise read chapter 19 verse 21 it is arrogance to think that man's wisdom can even compete with god's we are wise to listen to these inspired wisdom of the proverbs even as we continue to read we begin to understand that proverbs reveal god because it tells us in in chapter 11 verse 20 and chapter 15 verse 9 that god hates wickedness in men and that points towards a character saying that god is just he is righteous he is good then it goes on to say he demands righteousness and heartfelt service proverbs reveals who god is but it that it just doesn't stop there proverbs also reveals who you and i ought to be who you and i ought to be in our relationships for for men for husbands proverbs chapter 3 verse 13 says happy is the person who finds wisdom and gains understanding chapter 11 verse 17 says your own soul is nourished when you are kind but you destroy yourself when you are cruel chapter 12 verse 8 says everyone admires a good person with good sense but a warped mind is despised for wise for women proverbs say a gracious woman attains honor and ruthless men attain riches a wife of noble character is a husband's crown but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones proverbs going to say a wise woman builds a house a foolish woman tears a house with her own hands even as we continue to read about who we are to be proverbs tell us about finding counsel in chapter 24 verses 5 to 6 it says a wise man has great power and a man of knowledge increases strength for waging war you need guidance for victory many advisers it goes on to instruct in many many different ways and the way i see it is in scripture right from the beginning the book of genesis when god gave the promise to adam and eve he set them apart and and he called them to be his people and so it was also with the israelites that god set them apart and the way i see the book of proverbs is god's manual for his covenant people and you and i fit right in there in this day and age we are god's covenant people there is a treasury of wisdom as to how you and i need to respond to god's word but having said all of that this morning we need to begin to ask ourselves i want to bring us back to the thought of the fear of the lord you know what is our response to it this morning i believe that even as we ponder upon proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 and take time to do that the first is something that happens on the inside 
you know because even as god reveals his character he reveals his majesty his power his holiness we are humble before him and we realize that god alone is worthy of all of our worship and there has to be something that happens on the inside our inward attitude needs to change and the minute the inward attitude changes it's an outward obedience that is demanded which flows from the change that takes place deep down you see god reveals himself to us so that we will obey him and as believers as those who call ourselves by the name of jesus god demands an obedience and so that calls us to a place of obedience this morning the fear of the lord for us this morning is recognizing who god truly is and i believe this morning there are some of us over here in our personal lives in our daily choices you have been seeking the lord and asking him lord i need your wisdom for this decision i need your wisdom for this plan i need your wisdom for this direction that i should go in and my dear brother my dear sister i can't point you to a better source than to god's word to find his will and his plan for your life but in order to 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 get there we need to come to a place where we are willing to recognize god for who he is and acknowledge the fear of the lord in our lives this morning thanks for listening to this message from ag kolkata we hope you would stay connected by following us online you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram by using @agckolkata we would love to know how this message has touched your life please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at stories@agkolkata.org at hope you have a great week ahead